Radio. A couple of weeks back, I uh, did a call-out for some speakers for an organisation called Bats for Good, which I hadn't heard about. I was then rather surprised to discover that it was actually been around for 30 years. Goodness gracious me. Uh, so I thought, it's time I find out a little bit about this, because it sounds absolutely fascinating. And a lovely lady called Murray Phelps has agreed to come on the phone and tell me all about it. Good afternoon, Maddie. Good afternoon. Tell, tell me about the organisation. What's its actual purpose? It's called Dogs for Good. It is. Um, and our mission, and our sort of our vision, if you like, is to simply create a world in where everyone and every community is able to benefit from the help of a trained dog. So that's looking at ways to explore and innovate the countless ways that dogs can help people overcome specific challenges and enrich and improve the lives of people and communities. Okay, so so when you say the countless ways that dogs can help uh, people or communities, give, give me some examples. So um, the dogs that we uh, we train are trained as specific assistance dogs, and they are trained to perform a set of various tasks such as push, pull, retrieve, um, and and it's it's very basic tasks that they're trained to do. But the ways that these tasks can then be applied to a person's life to help them for example if they're um, physically disabled Mm -hmm. um you know uh, those things such as picking up dropped items uh to a dog that's that's not a chore that's actually a game (laughs) you know it's great in uh, how it can help people and also you know they, they help to take you out because they need they need to go out for walks um and so they help people get out so the practical task work is one side of it but also emotional support of a dog is enormous um and when you are physically disabled um, we, we help children and adults with a myriad of complex conditions such as ms muscular dystrophy mm-hmm. uh, cerebral palsy but we also help uh, children with an autism diagnosis so we have specially trained dogs to help them we help children with learning disabilities through our community dog program. And we've also recently trained um, and are still training uh, specialist dementia dogs to help Goodness. people and uh, care homes, uh, dementia care homes, um, through the help of a trained dog. Tell, tell me the scales you're talking about, because it sounds like you're talking about quite a lot of dogs there. I we mean, do. What, what we kind do, of do quite a lot, yes. Um, so it's, it's a very broad uh, a very broad reach for us because we do so much. Um, over 30 years, I've been doing some sums, um, over 30 years we have actually uh, uh, managed to put out 875 assistance dogs just um, with the physical disabilities, etc., and the and the autism um, diagnosis. So that's uh, that's an right. average about thirty a year. Yeah, thirty to yeah. forty, mm-hmm. maybe some more. It it it, it kind of has peaks and troughs. But also um, the other thing, because because the autism um, diagnosis thing has, is so so huge, we simply can't keep up with the demand. Um, um, and so what we decided to do was to share our knowledge and expertise um, through uh, workshops. So we, uh, people apply to come on to three-day workshops with us um, to, that are designed to help and inform people get the best out of either an existing pet dog or to, uh, if they're thinking about getting a pet dog for the family, to help them to choose the right breed, etc., etc. 
so that 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 dog can help with the child with the autism diagnosis, but also to help the wider family. Now that's a very innovative way of extending your reach, isn't it? Yes, it is. We we can't keep up with the demand um, on uh, you know on our, our services simply for uh, special specially trained autism dogs. So it's actually giving that power back to people, mm-hmm. um, and they then have the choice of what they go out and get. And you know it's. It empowers people, it teaches people that there are solutions out there. Um, and uh, we've done over a thousand of those. Have you? Re- what, a thousand dogs or a thousand workshops? Sorry. A, thousand, a thousand workshops. Really? Yeah. Really? How do you publicise them? Sorry? How do you publicise the workshops? The, uh, well, oh, the best thing to do is, is, uh, is to head over to our website, which mm-hmm. is www.dogsforgood.org, yep. and there's all of the information uh, that way. But obviously, you know, the, the usual way... Um, through media and social media etc so we're not quite about what we do and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> excellent now when you say you uh, whether it, you're training the dog or whether you're helping members of the public train mm. their own dogs what does the training constitute Okay, so it's quite different for an assistance dog or um, and and then you know the workshop stuff but basically for an assistance dog um, they they have quite a long journey of learning because we we have tiny puppies that um, once they're old enough they are taken away from them they go from their mothers and they go into loving puppy socializer um, home so we have a a band of happy wonderful volunteers that puppy socialize our puppies up until about the age of about 18 months mm-hmm. and this is if this isn't specific assistance training this is just training that dog to get used to so many things, where they'll have to be as an assistance dog, so supermarkets, doctors, hospitals, um, dentist surgeries, uh, you know, shops, and anywhere, really, that an assistance dog will be needed to access, to be able to access. Mm -hmm. So we're just taking those puppies and introducing them to all of those sights and smells and conditions and, and, and setting their behaviours to, to be calm within those environments and to, you know, not to draw attention to themselves because not everybody loves a dog. Um, and then once they're older, they come from their puppy socialisers and they come into training with us, um, which is their sort of their specific task work training. So they are then trained to, um, to do a series of tasks, which, um, so there's a pull task. So that could be pulling open a door mm-hmm. or pulling open a drawer. We have a lady who is one of our clients. She's been one of our clients for nearly 30 years, and she's got horses. Uh, she drives them through a pony and trap. Um, and her dog, with his pull task, helps her to um, with feed buckets and also to uh, rug up the horses oh, because, he can, because he can pull the, yeah. um, the strap from underneath the horse's tummy to the other side so she can get it and she can rug up her horse. Where do the dogs come from? We have our own breeding program. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, and we have lots of lovely volunteer breed stock holders for us that look after the puppy mums. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's something that's evolved over the years. We, you know, but we do have our own breeding program now. And it's mm-hmm. the breeds that we look for are um, other breeds that we we get involved with are um, Labradors, Golden Retrievers, some Cockapoos, um, breeds like that that are that are by their very nature they are.
quite keen to retrieve. They're kind of keen to work. They love to please. They yeah. and they love working with people. So it's not a stretch on the dog to ask these tasks. Um, and you know, they they enjoy the work. Okay. Um, when you said Labradors, yeah, you also said Cockapoos. Are they small dogs when you say Cockapoos? Because the Cockapoos, um, yes, they're much smaller than that's the Labradors. Well, so it's not it's not like a guide dogs for the blind, which are fairly big dogs in the main. Yeah, so um, they tend to use uh, Labradors yeah. and uh, Labrador first cross dog mm-hmm. retrievers. We also use those because it's actually, you know, it's quite interesting really. The, the size of the dog is actually quite important because you want the dog to be big enough to do the task mm-hmm. and also small enough to do the task. Yeah. So a Labrador <laughs> is actually a perfect size. For, for yeah. somebody in a wheelchair, they're a perfect size. Because when they're picking stuff up, they need to be able to give it to the person in the wheelchair, and that mm-hmm. person needs to receive the dropped phone or whatever it is. And so actually the Labrador is a, a really good size for that. And they're also big enough and strong enough to open and pull mm-hmm. open doors and and do that, you know, do that task work. So Tell me, once a dog has been uh, puppy and socialised mm-hmm. and then trained by you... Mm-hmm. How are they allocated, and is there an exchange of money at this point? No, no. We are um, a charity that is entirely funded on donations. So Wonderful. we receive no government grants. Wonderful. That, this sounds so, an expensive setup. Um, yes. The, it's, it costs about, and the whole, whole life cost, if you like, of the dog, it's about £20,000. Got it. So that's from puppy looking after that puppy, training that puppy, mm-hmm. sending that puppy out, and making sure that the client and the dog is supported throughout the dog's working life. Um, so, you know, it, 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 is, it is costly, but what it gives back is priceless. The yeah. gift of independence is priceless, but Wonderful. it doesn't cost nothing to train a dog. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. I mean, I'm a dog lover myself. I've got I one thought of, you I've might got, be. Yeah, I've, got one, <laughs> I've got one at the moment. I had two until very recently. Don't ask me about that. No, no, no. Uh, very sad. So you're funded purely by donations? We are, yeah. And, and p- we have a, a, a band of over a thousand volunteers that really are the beating heart of the charity. Um, yeah. I think they outstrip the, uh, the paid staff, I'm sure the paid do. charity staff, about 13 unusual. to 1. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they, uh, you know, the, the volunteer roles are, if you're a dog lover, it sounds like the perfect yeah. volunteer role to be a puppy socialiser and then to be a temporary boarder for that dog when the dog comes into training. That's right. Um, but we have drivers, we have office workers, we have fundraisers. Um, and, you know, it, it is a it, it, is a very much a family feel. Buddy, it's been wonderful talking to you. Could you give them the website again, please? It would be my pleasure. It's www.dogsforgood.org. We've been talking to Muddy Phelps from Dogs for Good. If you're interested in, in supporting the organisation, you've got the website. And, of course, from the sound of it, if you're interested in training your dog to be a supportive dog to whatever, whoever, uh, that's something you can do as well, which sounds... And that, that came as totally new to me, and I think that is so clever. <laughs> uh, such, such a very clever way. Thank you for coming on, my dear. You're really very welcome. It. it was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Brooklyn's Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, why not keep up to date with The Sound of Surrey by listening live at brooklandsradio.co.uk or through our free mobile app.